keys to unlocking heaven. Anybody showed up this morning with some keys? All right, about three of y'all. I guess the rest of y'all caught the bus or walked to church. I'm going to ask y'all one more time. How many of y'all came to church with your keys? All right, all right. I just want to make sure this is a smart class. Come on, somebody. Jesus of Nazareth. But anyway, you, you got your keys because your keys unlock things. Your keys unlock your vehicle. They unlock your home and so on and so forth. Amen. Well, I believe that there are certain things that we have to do on our end in order to unlock heaven. Amen. Anybody believe it's the will of God for you to have heaven here on earth? Some of us, I know, came up in that religious, dogmic, dog-minded mentality where they would tell you that God wants you to be broken. He wants you to be holy and have empty pockets. I would hear that sermon about every two weeks, and I'm like, you can't do nothing broke. Can I get a witness? Anybody trying to leave here and at least go to IHOP? Come on, somebody. Anybody, you just balling on the budget. You just, I'm, I'm trying to get the Denny's. And then you say, Pastor, it's real tight. I'm trying to go get them two tacos for 99 cents. Can I get a witness? Anybody ever lived in that season before? <laughs> Amen. So, so, so uh, 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 I believe that there are things that we can do to unlock heaven. Amen. So let, let's, let's get into this a little bit. The keys to unlocking heaven. I'm going to give you five quick things that are going to help you. Let's, let's go back to verse 10. It says, bring all the tithe, the tithe being 10%. The tithe being 10% of either your, your gross or your net. I tell people all the time, ultimately, that ball is in your court. If you want a gross blessing or a net blessing, amen. I've tithed off my gross for years, amen. That's, I, I say to each his own because either way, if you give the net, God's going to bless it. If you give the gross, God's going to bless it. So it says bring all the tithe. 10% into the storehouse, 10%, again, being your income. If you made $1,000 this week, all God is requiring is for you to give him $100, amen? Then it says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Then it says, and try me now in this. My first point is keys, the keys, keys to unlocking, unlocking heaven is you got to try him. Therefore, that there may be food in my house and try me. Somebody say, try me. So he's saying, I, I dare you. I'm challenging you. You know why he said, try me? It's because he knows that we have a selfish nature. That's why he said, try me. Nowhere else in the Bible are you going to find him saying, try me. But he knew in the financial department, he had to say, try me, because this scripture speaks of action. There has to be action on your end, amen? This is not, see, we believe God when we hear the scripture, Isaiah 54 and 17, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. We get excited and we get stimulated and we hear Romans 8, 31, if God be for me, who can be against me? We get excited. But we start talking about tithing and giving offers. All of a sudden, it gets so quiet, you can hear a mice licking ice. <laughs> All of a sudden, they get quiet. You like, that's just requiring a lot, Pastor. Listen, you got to come to the conclusion that you can't, you can't afford not to tithe. He said, try. Oh, yeah, amen. That's a, that's a good praise moment right there. You can't afford not to because all you're doing is withholding what God wants to do in you, through you, and for you. It is the will of God for you and I to be generous. 
to operate in the spirit of generosity if we want to unlock heaven in our life. So remember, it says, try me now. And this says Pastor Steele. It didn't say that. So I want nobody to leave here. I don't know about Pastor what he said. I'm telling you what the word of God says. It says, try me in this, says the Lord of hosts. That word host means the God of the universe. If I will not open, how I many somebody say open? There are things that he wants to open up in your life. He says that I will not open for you the windows of heaven. I like that, that he's saying I got more than one window. Anybody live in a house, anybody live in an apartment, even you got more than one window. Come on, somebody. How much more our Heavenly Father has windows that he ultimately, he's waiting for you to unlock because he said, try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, that I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out. How many of you know he wants to pour out? Pour out what? Blessing that there will not even be room enough to receive it. That's where ultimately I believe God wants to take us. I believe there's three lands. There's a land of not enough. How many been there? Then you got this other land called the land of just enough. Anybody been there? Some of y'all giggling because you're like, Pastor, that's where I am now. So it's even more you need to try him. And then there's a land called more than enough. And a lot of times we see more than enough when we trigger heaven through when we try him. Then it goes on. I like this. This is my favorite part. It says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. That means that when you're tithing and giving offering, amen, and you're generous, God is rebuking. The word rebuke, when you look it up, it means he begins to check the devourer. This which means seed eater because the enemy wants to eat away at your finances. So he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. That, then it says so that, that, that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. The enemy wants to destroy the fruit of your ground. But if you've been tithing and giving offerings, he protects your ground. He protects you from a famine. He protects you from a recession. Can I get a witness up in here? Why everybody else falling out, kicking and screaming, you talk about I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Amen. That's where God wants his children. Why everybody else in panic mode, you up here talking about I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his what? Seed begging bread. See, when you are a king's kid, you don't have to beg for nothing. I didn't say that things wouldn't get tight. Amen. But when you begin to know who you are and whose you are, when you know you've been fearfully and wonderfully made, that you were created in God's image and his likeness, and that you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus, you don't have to beg for nothing. Somebody need to give God a praise. Look at your neighbor and say, he's got me covered. He's got me covered. He's got me covered all because I got some seed in the ground. And I've been watering that seed by putting more seed. And I know it's due season before my harvest come where I'm going to have room enough. I'm going to have to give this stuff away. I'm going to have to sow it into other people's life. And I like that. It says, says the Lord of hosts. So you can hold them to it. Pastor, I can hold God to his word. You better believe it. Isaiah 55 and 11, he said, my word won't return back void. 
if you work his word, it will work in your life. But you have to stand on the word. Look at somebody say, stand on it. You got to stand on his word. Jeremiah 1 and 12, one translation says he watches over his word to perform it. Put Jeremiah up. Look at that. It says, the Lord has said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. He is ready to perform his word, but you got to work his word. He's ready to perform it, but he's waiting for us to put it in action. Even Psalm 138, verse 2, he said, I magnify my word above my name. That's how powerful his word is. You know, the Bible even says heaven and earth shall pass away. He says, but my word abideth forever. But go put, up, put up that Psalm 138 and 2. Look at this, Psalm 138, uh, verse 2. Psalm uh, 138, uh, verse 2. Hallelujah. Psalm 138. It says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for loving kindness and for thy truth. Uh, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. That's how much weight God's, that's how much weight his word carries. That he magnifies even his word above his name. Why do you think that I made a decision to become a walking Bible? Because I made up in my mind, I don't want somebody to ask me a question. I don't want to be talking about, I got to get back to you. No, I want to be able to know where it is, where it's a verse and scripture. Chapter, all that. Amen? Because I dare people to argue points with me. Because I'm going to give you the Bible then after you got an issue, you got an issue with the word of God. Amen? You ain't got really an issue with me. Mm-hmm. It's just like somebody you know, try to argue with me because I've always said that there's different levels of sin. Because you know how we grew up, sin is sin. No, there's greater sins. Just like there's greater crimes. Amen? Amen? Even for the crimes, different crimes, they give you different time for your crime. Where's that in the Bible? Where in the Bible is sin? Is, let me show you that sin ain't sin. Go to Proverbs. I'm going to deviate from my topic for just a minute. Let me help somebody. Let me go, go to Proverbs chapter 6. Let me help somebody. Go to Proverbs 6. Look at verse 16. Look at this. It says, uh, look, look at this. Look, it says, these six things. Somebody say six things. Six things. The Lord, he hates. Then it says, yes, seven. He bumped it up. He said, you know what? I forgot seven. It's really seven things. It says, seven are an, an abomination to him. So there are certain things that are an abomination to God. Let's look at what those levels of sin, things that, that are an abomination that he hates. The first one is this. Next verse. A proud look. Thank you all that. You so, your head so big you couldn't get out this door after church. Where is your humility? You don't deserve nothing that you have. You need to get rid of that proud look and begin to declare if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, I'd be a hot mess. I would be stir crazy. What's the next one? Then it says a lying tongue. You just making up lies. God hates that. 
Why are you lying when you don't have to be? Just lying, embellishing. Then it says, hands that, that, that shed innocent blood, that's an abomination to God. He hates that. Then it says, uh, a heart that, that devises wicked plans. You up here, your wheels are turning, you getting ready to do something wicked. He hates that. It's an abomination to him. Feet that are swift to run to evil. Something go down, you always running to evil. Next one says, a false witness who speaks lies. The person told you, I had a human moment, I slept with one person, but then you went and told everybody she slept with 18 people. A false witness speaks lie, just lying, trying to mess somebody's character up. Kicking your brother when they down. And one who sows discord among the brethren. What a, what the, that's, that's interesting. That sows discord. In other words, okay, you made a decision to move on from kingdom, but then you tell them, well, it just don't feel the same. I just don't feel like I'm getting fed. We've had people say that. I'm like, you ain't getting fed. All I come with is scripture. If you sit eight, ten people down and eight, nine walk away saying, my God in heaven, that was good. And then you got one that say, I don't know. You going with the majority. You just have something wrong with you. Maybe you ain't studying for yourself. You know, maybe you've been riding my faith too long. Maybe it's time for you to get your own. Because I believe every once in a while when you hit a wall, you better ride my faith. I didn't have to ride some other people's faith. Anybody just like, I'm just going to ride your faith. I'm going to ride this one out. Because right now my faith is kind of depleted. Amen. Even the young, the gentleman whose son had was demon possessed. God, God said, you believe? He said, I believe. But he said, help my unbelief. Anybody ever been there before? I believe, but Lord, I need you to help my unbelief because I'm trying to figure out how you're going to do this because this is a hot mess. Anybody ever been there before? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Like when we needed $323,000 to get air-conditioned units for this facility, I believed, but I said, Lord, you're going to have to help my unbelief. Because it's almost June, and it's getting hot as Satan toenails up in here. And when I'm preaching to these people, they just fanning. All three services. And thank God a woman met me in my office with $100,000, and then came back Thursday with another $150,000. Look at your neighbor and say, it's in the house. Look at your neighbor and say, but it's in your pockets. That's why you got to go ahead and try him. He said, try me in this. I dare you. I'm challenging you. Then he says, the Lord of hosts, he said, I'm the God of the universe. I'll open up the windows of heaven and I'll pour you out a blessing. You won't even have room enough to receive it. Then he said, I'm going to rebuke the devour. I'm going to put the devil in check. I'm going to shame him for messing with you. And then let's move it on. Number two. So keys to unlocking heaven. Number one, he says, it's, it's, try him. That's the first point. How do, I, give me, how do I unlock heaven? Try him. Number two, do it cheerfully. When you're giving, give cheerfully. Go to, go to 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. 2 Corinthians 9 and, and 6. Look at this. 2 Corinthians. It says, uh, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So if you give it on occasion, God going to just bless you on occasion. 
Then he says, but, if you, if, but, but he who sows bountifully, somebody say bountifully, will also reap bountifully. Next verse. Then it says, so let each one gives as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly. So we don't give grudgingly. If you're going to give, don't, if, you, if you're going to give grudgingly, don't even give, give it. You've already messed that seed up because of how you gave it. You gave it ugly. So he said, listen, don't, 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 don't do it grudgingly or out of necessity. In other words, we don't give to get. We give because we love God. And we want to be obedient to him. Amen. You're going to get because the Bible says that we're going to get, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But he says, listen, don't give grudgingly or out of necessity, for, for God loves a cheerful giver. Cheerful in the Greek, if you look it up in the Greek word, it is the word hilarious. Isn't that interesting? So he said, you should be hilarious about giving. You should be like, it's over in time, shoot. <laughs> Knowing you got a harvest coming back into your life. Somebody say, give, give. Cheerfully. cheerfully. So he says, I need you to be, that also means to be a ready and willing giver. So give hilariously to God. And then look what it says, what will happen if you give cheerfully. Look what he says. And God is able. Somebody say, he's able. Which means he has the capability to make all grace, which that word grace means favor. Which when you look up the word grace, it means unmerited favor, which means undeserved. So when you learn how to give cheerfully and not grudgingly and out of necessity, he says when you give cheerfully, he said, I'm able to cause all grace, all favor, undeserved things will begin to manifest in your life. He'll give you a, almost a six million dollar building for a little bit over three million dollars. That's what you call undeserved. But I believe God saw all the seeds that me and my wife has planted. I believe when I, my wife gave me her paycheck 11 years ago to start this church, he saw that. And then the harvest came 11 years later where God said, on your 10-year anniversary, I'm going to give you 10 acres. I'm going to give you an acre for each year because you've been not only sowing seed, but you've been sowing into my people. And I love Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. He said, he's not unrighteous to forget the labor of love that you've shown toward the saints. Or if you don't remember nothing else, please remember Hebrews. Put that, please show them that. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. I, I need you to see this. Hebrews uh, chapter 6, uh, verse 10. And we'll go back to 2 Corinthians in a minute. For God is not unjust. How many know he's a just God? He's not unjust. So it says, for God is not unjust to forget. In other words, people might get amnesia, but God never gets amnesia. You know how people forgot what you did for them? Or you, they forgot what you, you, did, you did something for them, and they just forgot. Now they just blow by you. <laughs> Anybody you ever just borrow money, you let them borrow, and then you see them, and they like, hey, how's it? How you doing? And you like, now you know three years ago, that was a loan. That wasn't a seed. Come on, anybody been there? Amen. I remember I was at Darla's, bless her heart. I was, remember your sister's funeral? Somebody got up at her sister's funeral years ago and said, she still owe me $20 from the Domino's game. That sister that died. Not, not you, my bad. Her sister that passed away. Lady gonna get up. You know how you do two-minute uh, remarks and what they call it? Two minutes and 
Some folks try to do a sneaker preach. She has, she owe me, she owe me $20 from playing dominoes, didn't pay me. I'm like, are you for real? You're bringing up, now, how many know about etiquette? You just tacky. We're trying to lay the woman of God to rest. We know to be absent from the body is to be present. And you bringing up $20. That's why, let me drop something on somebody real quick just to help you out so you don't get hurt and let down and disappointed. When you give something to somebody, don't even expect nothing back. And if you do get it back, you better shout, hallelujah, glory. Hey, we going out tonight. We going to in and out. <laughs> Shoot, $20 with my family is seven. $20 is going to get you some milkshakes. Maybe. <laughs> Where am I at? Where am I at? See it. Oh, yeah, go, go, go. Now, now, look, and God is able. Let's go back there. God is able, has the capability to make all grace abound toward you that you always, somebody say always, having all sufficiency in all things. Amen. Then it says may have an abundance for every good work. Then look at this. This I like this. Look at this. It is written, uh, he has the spirits abroad and he has given the poor. He has the righteous endures forever. But verse 10, this is where I really want to go. Now may he, somebody say he, he. who supplies seed to the sower. Hasn't he supplied seed to you? He has supplied you with the job so you can have seed to pay your electric bill. He has supplied you with the job so you can have seed to pay your car payments. He has supplied you with the seed so you can pay your rent, so you can pay your mortgage. Can I get a witness up in here? He has supplied the seed and the same God that supplied the seed, he can multiply it. Somebody say multiply it. Look at that. He says, listen, if I supply the seed to the sower and bread for food, he says, listen, supply and multiply the seed that has been sown. You got to believe that what you have sown, that he's the one that supplied it. If he supplied it, he can multiply it. How many of you believe he's about to multiply what you even sold today, what you sold last year, what you sold this year? Somebody scream, harvest time. If you receive that, somebody give God a praise in this place. Look at your name and say, he can multiply it. If he gave you the job, if he gave you the employment, if he gave you that level of favor, how much more when you say, I'm going to give this back to you cheerfully. I'm going to go ahead and try you in this manner because you are the Lord of hosts. And you said that you would open up the windows of heaven. And so, Lord, if you're saying that that's one of the keys, I'm, I'm ready to step out and do that because I'm ready to try you. I'm ready. I'm, I'm done giving grudgingly or out of necessity. Because how many of you know a seed will meet your need? A seed will meet your need. I was doing Periscope and Facebook Live a couple of weeks ago, and somebody asked a question. They said, uh, now, Pastor, um, if this bill don't pay my, if it can't pay my rent or whatever, and I'm falling short, and, you know, and it's between the tithe and the mortgage, what should I do? You know what I told them? I said, if it don't meet your need, it must be a seed. 
Now, some people will go, oh, that's, that's spooky. You talking about my house? I got to keep a roof over my head. What if me and my wife would have thought like that 11 years ago when I asked her for her whole paycheck? She could have been like, nigga, I ain't giving you my money. This is our mortgage. It was. But she said, honey, I believe in the God in you. She said, here's the check. Now that $1,300 then turned into millions of dollars a year because we knew if we sold it, that God would multiply it. And I told her, because of that, honey, I said, you give me one year. You're going to be done being the dispatcher, 911 operator, 13 years. I told her one year. I went back to her four weeks later and told her to put her two weeks in. Four weeks later. I didn't know that $1,300 would turn into almost $15,000 the first month we started pastoring. We thought we was going to be one of them churches that come up the rough side of the mountain. Anybody grew up in them churches? We coming up the rough side. I said, Lord, this ain't even the rough side. I said, we had 37, 93 people show up and 37 came back and we didn't hit. Then her boss ran out to the car telling me I was crazy. I said, yeah, man, I got crazy faith because I told him I'm a visionary and she a detail person. I'm not a detail person. You better have somebody in your life that can connect the dots and cross your T's and dot your I's. Remember, I said that last week. I said, you better make sure. Oh, I know what you bring to the bedroom. But what do you bring to the table? Can you spell? Do you know your ABCs? You better be able to compliment and complete who I am. I appreciate that you might have some ASS, but can you be an asset? Somebody scream asset. You better get somebody that can be an asset in your life. That's what the problem is. Some of us are concerned about the ass. I need you to be an asset. Look at your neighbor and say, yep, he just cussed. Yep. Uh-huh. So did. And ass is in the Bible. Remember, God spoke through an ass. He's still speaking through an ass. The joke is on y'all. Come on, somebody. That thousands of people come through here every week to hear from an ass that hears from the Holy Ghost. And then all of a sudden, he begins to echo what he wants to say to his people. And people getting set free, people getting delivered. 1,100 people then got saved this year. And 982 have already joined the church. And we still got 90 days left in the year. Look at your neighbor and say, God ain't done. Now give God a praise in this building on today. Look at your neighbor and say, be careful who you link up with. Some of y'all then already had a whole bunch of Ishmael's. You better be still and know Isaac is coming. And Isaac coming with some money. Isaac coming to compliment and complete who you are. So get yourself together. Go get your hair did. Go get your nails did. Go fix your credit. And let him know I got something to offer too, hell. Oh, y'all ain't, y'all ain't ready for me. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready for Pastor Still. That's why some of y'all need to go to church on the hill. They doing the same old same, ain't getting no damn results. Y'all know this third service, anything can happen. I'm already tired too, hungry. I was mad because I couldn't even eat like I wanted to eat just now. Because I don't want to be out here burping and stuff. Come on, somebody. So I ate real light. Where are we at? Oh, try him. Be a cheerful giver. 
Amen. Be hilarious. Be ready and willing to give so God can go ahead and open up them windows of heaven. Third thing is keys that, that will unlock heaven, not only when you try him and do it cheerfully, but also you have to do it with honor. Look at this, Proverbs 3 and 9. Look at this real quick, 3 and 9. Proverbs 3 and 9. We've been quoting this a little bit during uh, offering, but it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Next verse. Then it says, if you honor him, it says, so your barns. Pastor, I ain't got no barns. Your barn is your uh, uh, Bank of America. Your credit union. Chase. Come on, somebody. Comerica. BMO. So that your banks, so we're going to change that from barns because we ain't dealing with barns today. So that your banks, you better have more than one bank. Barn, so that your banks will be what? Filled. Somebody say filled. With plenty. Plenty means uh, 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 more than enough. It means wealth. It means prosperity. It means abundance. Then it goes on and it says, and your vats will overflow. Somebody say overflow. With new wine overflow spilling over. Running over, bursting, surplus. I like this one, extra. I've never met a man that, or a woman that didn't want extra. Somebody say extra. You need to begin to declare. See, Job 22 and 28 says, if you decree a thing, he said, I'll establish it. If you say it, you'll see it. Because Proverbs 18 and 21 says death and life is in the power of your tongue. You can create your world, baby. You can create your today. You can create your tomorrow with your words. He said, if you honor me, I'll make sure you have plenty and I will cause you to live in overflow. Somebody say overflow. He wants to cause extra to come into your life. Am I saying that you're not going to go through setbacks? Listen, in this life, we're going to have tribulation. But you got to remember, your setback is really a setup for your come up. Because sometimes God will put you through the tests and where your money is funny. Amen. And that's Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. Paul said, abound or abase. He was saying, with or without, I'm still going to serve God. Then verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, we quote that and we skip the aisles. But sometimes we need to read the scripture before. He said, abound or with or without. God needs to know how you're going to serve him when you ain't got, when your money ain't touching and agreeing. It's easy to serve God when your money is touching and agreeing. But I'm talking about when it ain't touching and agreeing. Will you still say the Lord is my shepherd? I shall not walk. Will you still open up your mouth and begin to declare John 10, 10, the thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I come that you might have life and that you might have it more. Somebody scream abundant. Mm-hmm. See, we got to learn how to pass the contradictory test. See, that's why I love Joseph. Remember, God gave Joseph this vision that his brothers was going to bow down to him. And, you know, he was going to be a man without, he was not going to be in lack. And all of a sudden, his brothers got jealous of him. Even his daddy told him, you talking crazy. Then his dad said, I'm going to take that matter. And to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let that kind of sit in my psyche, what you said. Read it. I'm paraphrasing. 
But the dad, the dad, the dad even was like, man, you, because he even saw his dad bowing down to him. And so, you know, that's interesting. That's like my 17-year-old coming to me saying, Dad, I had a dream. You bow down to me. I'm going to say, boy, sit, sit down and shut up. <laughs> but then after a while, I might process it and be like, maybe he got a point there. Maybe God going to do something in him even though he's crazy right now. <laughs> that's why you got to look at potential. What they can be. I'm so glad that my mom saw potential. When my wife was ready to leave me, she said, Kelly, she said, divorce them or fight. She said, but if you divorce them, I'm telling you right now, another woman going to come in and going to get all the benefits that she was supposed to get. All of a sudden, she straightened up and said, I ain't moving to Virginia. <laughs> Had a job lined up up there to be a 911 operator. I got home. I'm like, what you still doing here? She's like, a God told me I can't leave. And she crying in the corner. You know, got my three kids undressed. We got five now, but she, my 18 and 17 year one around then because before that I was a hot mess. But my wife made a decision to just stick and stay. See, it's all about where your tolerance level is. Some of you women up in here, thank God y'all got a high level of tolerance. But then after a while, you're like, okay, you 50 now. If you ain't got it by now, you're probably not going to get it. But thank God at 24, something registered. Thank God I kept seeing her going to church. And then all of a sudden, I said, you know what? I'm going to go with y'all today. And I heard a fireman, a former fireman, preach a message called enough is enough. And I've been chasing after God now for almost 21 years. Because one word from heaven can change your situation. Mm-hmm. Because that man of God that's before the people of God, his word should carry weight. You're not just coming up in here to go. You didn't got dressed and all that. You're not just here for the going through the motions. And the Cardinals is playing right now too. Well, in two minutes they will be. If you look at that clock, it's 12.58. <laughs> so we got to honor him. We got to do it cheerfully. Let me give you the fourth thing. Go to Ecclesiastics 11 and 1 real quick. Ecclesiastics 11 and 1. Look at this. It says, cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it after many days. So my point is this. Cast your bread with expectation. When you give to this church, when you cast your seed into the bucket, you cast it with an expectation. You don't just do it because it's a ritual. You do it because you're saying, Lord, I thank you. You're about to bless what I'm about to put in here. Lord, I thank you that you're going to multiply. Lord, you supplied it to me and you will multiply it. You will bring this back to me and to my life. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Somebody say, cast it with expectation. If you're not giving with an expectation, you're not going to get nothing back. Give. With an aim that seed, say, Lord, I thank you. Like I remember my wife got a hundred dollar blessing one time, and she said, Honey, I'm giving the whole hundred to the church. And I said, Wait a minute. I said, We owe God ten dollars. <laughs> Amen. Am I doing the math right? I said, We owe God ten dollars, and then give him another ten for offering. We got 80. You understand? She said, no, God said to sow the whole thing. I'm sowing this $100 seed because I'm believing for my father to get saved. So when she said that, I said, okay, I'm backing off. She said, God said. When they say God said, I back off. So my, let me break this down to you. You can't buy a blessing. But what she was doing was she was being obedient to God. It was more of a sacrificial offering. I'm going to sacrifice this, God, and I thank you that my father is coming into the kingdom. 
Now, her dad been coming to this church for five years now, hardly missed. And when he missed, he calls us because he said, you ain't just my son-in-law and my, that's my daughter, but y'all my pastors. This is a 68-year-old man that has submitted himself to the ministry that grew up Catholic, that grew up a heathen, but now fluctuates between the 8 o'clock and the 9.30 service and hardly ever miss, amen? And when he missed, he's upset because he, believe it or not, he plays with the miracles. Brother can go too. I'm like, brother, you 68 doing all that jumping around on that stage. I'm like, Jesus, he's better shaped than all of us in here. Two hours and performing like that. I'm like, listen, after one song, I'm going to be. <sighs> <laughs> but my point is that my wife said, I'm a soldier. And I saw three years later, all of a sudden, I'm like, man, what you doing here? He said, man, I know I need God. Then I saw him the next Sunday. Then I saw him the next time. I'm like, Jesus. He not even one of them people that come three times in eight weeks. Now he had his son here today. His son's been coming, her half-brother. So my point is that maybe sometime we might need to sacrifice and say, you know what, I'm believing. I'm, Lord, I'm aiming this seat. I'm believing God for my whole family to get saved. I'm believing God that somebody that I went to high school with, I'm going to sow this seed out of obedience to you, God. And I'm believing that they're coming in by faith. It's more of a faith seed. You, again, you came by a blessing. Amen. I don't preach that. See, I came up in church where they would say stuff like, uh, uh, if you don't tithe, you, you, uh, 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 you don't love God. And the, the pastor would put a guilt trip on the people, and then they would give grudgingly. Man, this man that told me I don't love God, let me get him. <laughs> I believe everybody in here loves God. That's not even up for debate. You here at this 1130 service, you've carved time out of your schedule because God is a priority in your life. But let me drop this on you. If you're not a tither, I question if you trust God. Because, see, those of us that tithe, we do it because we trust God. We've seen him take our seed and we've seen him multiply. We've seen him do some supernatural things in our life. And that's where you got to get to a place where you believe that God can do the supernatural. Somebody say supernatural. Like how we got this air conditioning here blowing now. That's supernatural. How we needed $842,000 to renovate this place. That's supernatural. And since then, had to raise another three, four hundred thousand due to foyer and some other things. I think right now we're at a little over 1.1 million that we've had to raise to renovate this place. That's supernatural. It's supernatural when I tell the church that we paid $80,000 for these speakers and we need $20,000 to pay it off. Can everybody give $20 a piece? And somebody runs on stage and say, Pass it on, do that. Here's the whole $20,000. That's supernatural and then he looked at me and said pastor all you had to do was ask I'm like I'm looking at this brother like brother I didn't know you was balling like that I thought you was balling on the budget like the rest of them I didn't know you was living in a land of extra but you never know who's in your audience amen <laughs> I'm like Jesus you never know who God is going to send into your life which brings me to my last point Go to Luke 6.38 because my last point is this. Give it and trust God. So number one, try him. Number two, do it cheerfully. Number three, honor him when you do it. Number four, cast it with expectation. Number four, give your seed 
That's four. Give your seed. But that's what take. Number this last one. Give your seed and trust God. Give your seed to God and trust him. You're not giving it to me. You're giving it to God. You give it to God and trust him. Put up Luke 6.38. Look at this. Look at it. Give and it. Somebody say it. Whatever that give that you sold, you're going to get that it back. Give and it shall be given to you. Uh, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men. Somebody say shall men. Give unto your bosom. Pastor, are you telling me if I become a cheerful giver, if I'm a willing and ready and I give hilariously and I honor God with my tithe and I try him in this and I cast my bread, my seed with expectation. Are you telling me that God will cause men to give unto my bosom? You better believe it. God will put people in your life. You know, one of the ways I knew I was called to pastor, me and my wife went to go make our first deposit for a kingdom. It was $2,300. I was like, look at God. $2,300 first Sunday, January 2nd, 2005. So here it is, January 3rd, that Monday. We go drop off that $2,300. And right when I sold that into the bank and all that, and I walked out of there, a gentleman came up to me and put $200 in my hand. And he said, you probably don't know it, man, but I was at your church yesterday. Here's 200. I said, oh, I know I'm called. I had to go back in the bank. I had to go fill out another deposit slip. Glory to God. Because put the scripture back up. Shall men, shall men give unto your bosom. God will strategically put people in your life. They will. Your boss will call you in and say, I don't know why I'm doing this. You ain't even been here long enough for us to do this, but we don't know why. And in your mind, you're like, I know why, because I've been cheerfully giving to God. I've been, I've been sowing. I've been honoring God. I've been casting my bread. I've been casting seed with an expectation. And they call you in and be like, we don't know why we're promoting you. And you know where your education level is. You know, you don't even qualify for what you're even doing there currently. But because, you, but because you've been an asset and not a liability. Come on, because some people then lied about their ability. Can I? Boy, they will, they'll figure out who a counterfeit is in a heartbeat because they really know who's bringing, uh, uh, being an asset. They know, and that's why they'll call you in. And they be scratching their head. We don't know why we're doing this. That's why I believe God. In this next 90 days, people are going to come. I don't know why I'm doing this. But because you've been a ready and willing giver, you've been faithful, you've been obedient to God. God will cause men to give unto your bosom. Stuff will drop in your lap and you'll be like, what meanest this? I believe some of us are getting ready to go into that what meanest this. Anybody receive that? What meanest this season? I prophesy that over you. And see, you, you got to believe me. Put up 2 Corinthians, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, and I'm going to leave y'all alone. 2 Chronicles 20 and 20. That man said, I got to believe him. You better believe it because I'm not just a man. I'm a man of God. Let me help you real quick. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 
you realize a part of your prosperity is even connected to what I say. Oh, pastor, that sounds cultish. No, that's the word, sweetie. Please put it up. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 20 and 20. That's Old Testament. Second Chronicles 20. Look, it says, so they rose early in the morning. They went into the wilderness of Tekoa, and they went out, and Jehoshaphat stood, and he said, now Jehoshaphat is the prophet. He says, and he stood, and he said, hear me, O kingdom. Is that what it say? <laughs> says Judah, but we're going to just say kingdom. O kingdom, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, Arizona. So kingdom, Arizona. Believe. Somebody say believe. believe. That word means to be convinced. Believe in God. Believe your God and he shall what? Establish you. So if you believe God, he going to establish you like you wouldn't believe. How many of you received that? He going to establish you in some places. You're going to be like, my God. Boy, God has established me. He's blessed me. But then it says, and if you, then it says, Believe his prophets. You better believe what the pastor's saying. Then it says, and you shall prosper. Look at your neighbor and say, that's the word. You got to know I'm not just coming up here with some cute and sexy messages. I'm coming up in here trying to tell you what the Holy Spirit is speaking through me to you. And if you come to the conclusion that I'm going to try God, if you come to the conclusion that it's time for me to give cheerfully, and if you come to the conclusion it's time to honor God with my tithe and my offering, if you come to the conclusion that I'm going to cast my bread before the Lord with an expectation, and I'm going to give trust in God, watch what he will do in your life. You're looking at two college dropouts. That God entrusted us with all kind of influence and preached all around the world, Australia to New Zealand, headed to South Africa uh, in March and then preaching in London the last Sunday of January because Proverbs 18, 16 says your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. Amen. How many of you believe his word today? Look at your neighbor and say his word works. If you believe that, come on and give God a hand praise. Look at somebody else and say, his word works. Keys 